we're actually probably making history right now by being <laughs> some of the first people to actually discuss this movie in detail. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is the treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Welcome back to Is This Still Good, a podcast about examining the expired food in my refrigerator. I'm your host, Sage <laughs> Bilderbeck. Uh, I'm the other host. I'm Gavin Murray. And we have a return guest today. We're oh, so man. excited to have you back. Introduce yourself. Um, my name is Hilton Day. Um, I am a, a freelance first assistant director, and I am very happy to be here again, guys. It's nice to talk to you again. But you probably know him best from our, our Gargoyles episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's how people know Hilton. <laughs> they know me from the Mad Max episode, and I'm, I'm still <laughs> riding high on that, you know? Yeah, it's so good you didn't even call it by its name Mighty Max. <laughs> right, we haven't done a Mad Max episode. <laughs> we could. <laughs> I've actually... Hilton, I don't you think, want to talk about Mad Max? I don't think I've seen the first Mad Max. I, you know, the first <laughs> a Road Warrior... Yeah, uh, but the the actual first Mad Max is a whole different type of movie. <laughs> Wait, isn't that the first movie? No, no. I Road Thunderdome was the second, was the second one. Oh, so the first one takes place like as society's still broken down. It's not like a true post-apocalyptic movie. Like he's literally a cop in it. We're not going to talk much about Mad Max. <laughs> what you bring for us? <laughs> yeah, now let's do that next time. I'm down for that. <laughs> I'm down for that. All right. Well, so Hilton, as you were saying, we you brought us the 2001 potentially. What movie did we watch? Maybe. I'm still not sure I watched the right did one. Did we watch the right movie, Hilton? All right. So just to make sure that you watched the right movie, which I believe that you did, but you watched the 2001 cut of Shaka Zulu, The Last Great Warrior, and or as it's also known, Shaka Zulu, The Citadel. When right. I when I looked up this movie online too, I I I saw it say the second in a lot of versions too. Like this was a sequel to something. Is that a thing? So right. So this is the follow up to the original 1986 Shaka Zulu miniseries, which was a ten episode miniseries. Immediately after that, they made this movie. Um, or this miniseries. This was actually meant to be a miniseries. And it, um, un- unlike the uh, the original story, which was based on quite a bit of fact in, a, in, a, in a, an original novel, actually, this story was a complete and original screenplay by the same writer from the, from the uh, 1986 miniseries. And then what they ended up doing with that miniseries is they ended up cutting it into a feature film and that feature film was wrapped up in a lot of uh, political uh, issues and legal battles which prevented it from having any exhibition of any kind which is kind of crazy because as we said okay we made the decision let's do Shaka Zulu right like this was the go-to movie for me and it's kind of crazy because as we've been researching this I realized Yo, this like there's a lot of really craziness behind this particular movie in its relation to the main miniseries that everybody, uh, you know, usually is referencing when they say the Shaka Zulu series. I really want to get into that, but can you uh, just to just to hang on that too? You you said that you did watch this around when it came out in two thousand one. Yeah, I believe I actually watched it a few years after that, uh, closer to two thousand and six. Um, and I think okay. it was like right after I finished high school when I got uh, the the uh, the chance to finally see Shaka Zulu. And did you um, did you watch it on like DVD or was this on a rebroadcast? Yeah, this was something that I watched on DVD originally. Cool. And did you was it a rental? Did you like just see it in the dime store and buy it? <laughs> we had a special guest enter, right? <laughs> yeah. Nah. Sorry. Yo. Yo. That. <laughs> I'm sure you can cut around this part. But that we was, have Shaka Zulu that, in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Would... I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, wait, waiting on Sage's Shaka Zulu impression. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> it's not gonna All happen. All right, here we here we go. So so uh, can you go again one more time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so you said you probably saw this like just after high school on DVD, but I'm I'm wondering because like I have some favorites that like I found the tick was playing in a video store, and I asked the person behind the counter. And that's how I found it. And, like, there were critics' picks and stuff that, like, you'd see in, like, Blockbuster or Tower Video. Gavin, I thought you only watched movies that you taped off Stars. Uh, that was – this – it depended if I was at my mom's house. I was just watching stuff that I was taping off Stars. If I was at my dad's house, it would be stuff from Tower Video. Too real? Yeah, so, so – <laughs> We got to the bottom of that. Tower Video, I'm glad to say that I'm old enough to remember what that was like in there because that place was great. Dude, it was um, rad. You know, um, and uh, in Blockbuster and Hollywood video. And now I'm starting to see Rasputin music disappear. And, you know, those are good times. But um, in any case, this movie, um, my my mom is actually she is a distributor of children's books and uh, black children's books and multicultural children's books. And, but shout she also she had a big shout bay. out. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yes. Big shout out to my mom's business. Ashe by the Bay. Um, but. The thing is, is that in addition to that, she also had a lot of adult titles and she also had some adult DVDs. And this, for a short time, was a DVD that I believe that she carried in her collection. It was either that or it was just a a DVD that I found in her collection that was by itself. I remember finding this and watching this particular uh, movie one day and just being like, oh, man, this is what this is the Shaka Zulu everybody's been talking about. and uh and yeah you know it, it was kind of interesting just seeing the depiction of this historical figure that i also knew about but just to seeing this finally this 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 you know theatrical depiction of his life which is very very and vastly different from the uh the real figure in history <laughs> you don't say <laughs> had had now had you seen the uh miniseries that the the the, the not prequel but like the that this is kind of a sequel to had you seen i still that as well? have yet to see that and now i'm actually making a point to watch <laughs> that is like as soon as possible and to watch it in its entirety just because i'm you know even in my adulthood realizing like oh wow like this was not that was not the miniseries like that i thought yeah. it was like there's a whole nother like 10 hour you know story about shaka that really gets into his entire life which I think is uh, is a really you know stark contrast to like I said this particular movie, which is a complete and total fabrication about right. Shaka yeah, I believe I... you texted me. This movie is about as accurate as Black Panther. Yes, that was what I said, <laughs> and that is legitimately the truth. And far as as far as how fictional it is, it is as fictional as any comic book story about any you know uh, a leader. And it's actually I in my in that since it's a very big piece of propaganda when you're considering Shaka Zulu and his lifetime um, and the things that happened to him. And we'll talk more in a little bit about some of the, the scenes in this movie that literally just did not happen so as in, in any time in his life. So that, that being said, and, and you, you just use the word propaganda, um, you had mentioned that there was some either political or studio drama around this thing. Let's, let's get into it. I'm really curious because I, I didn't, know about anything right so you know in in doing some some research on this movie um this movie was not released until 2001 because of there being some political drama around the movie and i think that that was mainly because of the fact that the story was not based on historical fact whatsoever so the first original miniseries was written uh by this guy uh joshua sinclair but it was based on a book that was actually based on mostly on fact that was uh about shaka zulu this second movie was like an attempt for the studio to like get an, another hit in because the miniseries was so good but it was not based on any fact whatsoever it was a complete and original story by this guy joshua sinclair which is one of those things that really, you know, it goes to show you how, you know, in certain parts of uh, cinema history, you know, this happens where we have a historical figure that is, you know, the story is loosely based on parts of their life, but the story itself is a complete and total fabrication. Right. Um, and, and, and some people will literally see this and say, okay, this is 
what I know about Shaka Zulu or this is what I know about this person and I will quote certain facts about their life behind this piece of cinema that I watched. And um, I think that's really important to recognize in the case of this movie that there's a whole, they did a good job with this other miniseries apart, apparently, but this particular movie, which is the only one that you can actually get access to on Amazon. Well, and that's, that's something that I've been thinking about with, in regards to this movie, uh, because like what you said about the fabricate, like taking a real life figure and fabricating elements or combining elements, uh, you know, is really, really common in like lots of biopics and, um, like the one that just came to mind that I was thinking about was, you know, the Irishman just came out and it did gangbusters. Like people loved it. There was complaints about it too. And I know some people who were related to not a big box office hit though. <laughs> well, uh, it did well critically. I, I think it, it's, it's on Netflix, Gavin. It's the, <laughs> okay. That, that was the joke. <laughs> that was the joke. Now we're all on board and we're all laughing together. A friend's family member who's like related to people who were actually involved in like the actual stuff around Hoffa at the time and know factually that like the story that the Irishman is based off is fictional. Like it is it is a falsity that has been proven. Um even the person who wrote the book, I think, has owned up to the fact that it's not what really happened. And Scorsese knew that before he made the movie. Um, I still had a great time watching the movie. I think it's valid and important. Like, you know, it's just really good storytelling. And there's movies that take less straight up fabrication. Like they'll combine characters who are more auxiliary to the story in order to more accurately move through like time periods and get to like the essence of somebody. Yeah. Efficiency. And I think that most people, and this is, this is where the assumption comes in on my part, can be critical about it and tell the difference that like this is a retelling and this is not based on fact but when it comes to that like part of the understanding that i'm always like taking from that is like they are making this more entertaining or more directional or tro or more trying to get to the you know story or truth that they're trying to tell about this person even if it's less fact-based but this movie to me was also kind of boring and that was the last thing i expected from someone who's going to take that much you know of a liberal view of someone's life right yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> like yeah and, and that's the thing like it could have been like so, so the way that i know shaka zulu best is in is in my study of him through history and and that's you you see how much more of a powerful leader and a diplomat um that he was um, and how he's been when you get to be that powerful, just like Genghis Khan and just like a lot of other leaders, yeah. you get good and bad reputations. This movie and tells us that a lot. It does not show us that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and in that being said, this movie, it, it does a lot of things in trying to be the first in a lot of ways, the same way I feel like the, the miniseries was. And um, it... As, as bad as it is and as much of, of understanding that it's a fabrication, and just to clarify, Joshua Sinclair, who was the original, he's the writer of this movie, he also wrote the original screenplay for the miniseries, which was also based on a novel that he also wrote. So I feel like he <laughs> felt like he at that point could take the liberty of creating this story that was faithful to Shaka's character in this right. movie. And I think that that is something that, like, you know, that is... You know, he was trying to do some good, some good with what this final product was. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think. Like, I think that is something that maybe nobles the wrong word, but I don't have an inherent issue with that. Do you? How do you like, feel? Well, about see, that? see, I, I do because it's crazy how you know there's some messages that are in this movie that okay. they try to drive home. Let me and, let me clarify that just one real quick because I know what you're about to say. I don't yeah. mean specifically the movie that turned out. I I get having issues with that, but the idea of I don't know fictionalizing parts of someone's story. It's also weird because it's a sequel to something that's more fake, fact based. But yeah, no, the actual movie I have issues with. <laughs> Holds right. such a weird place. In I get history. what you're saying. Like <laughs> it, it it there is some part of it where he's trying to pay homage to to shaka zulu as a leader like there's there's some parts of that that you feel in the writing 
But there's also some parts of this, I feel like, that are literally put in there also to suggest some other things in another whole different agenda than what the uh, original piece did, which were completely unnecessary and in no way a part of this leader's life where it really diminishes that person's character in quite a bit. So that is where I have serious problems with it because that if you're going to do it and you're going to go out of your way to tell this story, then you do not need to put it, those other parts in there to like break that person do you, down, which is what yeah. happens. Do you want to list those yeah. parts right now? We're going to get into it. And I, I think I know, <laughs> just go. <laughs> There's one more thing I want to do to get my ducks in a row. I want to make certain. So when you sat down to watch this on Amazon prime, do you feel that was like the exact same thing that you saw on your DVD or were, were there any things you noticed in between? I just so, want to make certain that what I saw is the same thing you grew up So, with. no, no, no. It felt like the same movie from the DVD that I watched several years ago. It was okay. definitely the same movie that we watched. So, so for me, this was Same familiar. aspect ratio and everything? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, that's what I had. I just want to make certain. Sage really, <laughs> really wishing that... this was in 16 by 9. Oh, just <laughs> more any sort of widescreen. Like, it's, you know, it's just not even to the shitty story that I think they end up telling, like it would have done a lot of justice to have it at least feel competently made. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of that goes with it being made for TV in the time that it was made. It was even when they were first cutting, it was originally expecting it to be on a four by three screen. Right. Well, okay. So since you're the most familiar with this, um, I, I could try this, or I'd kind of like to invite you, Sage, to do you want to try and surmise this movie uh, oh, in in like part. three minutes? Um, Godspeed. The amount of times I looked at the screen and went, wait, what? Or did I miss something? I rewinded a lot. Because there's also clearly, now I know I so much I of this movie is so many times. Um, I usually jump at this opportunity. I don't want to do this. <laughs> All right. So we open Africa. Um, we've got Shaka Zulu, um, him and I, th I think his queen and maybe his daughter all being carried um, across uh, Africa. They've got some white dudes in like British colonial outfits who are rolling with them. And then there's a huge battle because we find out that shaka is warring with uh, the nation to the north of them oh this is great <laughs> <laughs> uh this this battle uh a lot of people dying uh, a lot of spear use a lot of um uh guns as well cannons i think which I, I believe he refers to as logs that spit fire um which blows up and like totally changes the tide of this because they're they're sieging a place and they don't need to wait it out they just blow up the walls then um, and Shaka is, like, in it. He's, like, killing people left and right. Like, he is not holding back. And neither are the Brits. They're all, like, in it. Everyone, there's no, uh, people are hanging back. Everyone is just, like, hand-to-hand. -hand. These gunshots are happening from, like, two feet away. They're not, like, hanging back because they have range. Anyway, Shaka gets into uh, the, I guess, Citadel that he's attacking. And he's chasing the... the Citadel. The other... Just a Citadel. A I don't know. Okay. I'm assuming that's why this movie is called The Citadel. Could be wrong. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, this is my favorite part is he chases like the other warlord who's just laughing a bunch. And then the dude jumps out a window on a zip line and zip lines away. Totally, totally, just totally gets away. For it's some reason, in the next scene, we're with Portuguese, uh, slave traders who have Shaka now enslaved. Uh, this was a huge jump and I, I rewinded it like 20 times because I was so confused. But now Shaka Zulu is uh, being treated differently than the rest of the enslaved people. Like he's um, kind of doing like the, they're treating him like King Kong, like putting him on a cross basically um, and keeping him below deck upright chained because he's, you know, a really strong dude. And he doesn't talk for like the next 20 minutes. He just looks at people. Uh, here we meet Karen Allen and David Hasselhoff, who has like a, his haircut, it's like a black poodle on his head. Like, it's just the most, <laughs> like, curly. It's a lot. Um, and 
Karen Allen's trying to find her dad, who's one of the British dudes who's hanging out with Shaka Zulu, who we don't know where he is now because, again, we've just jumped in time randomly. Uh, anyway, she wants to go meet up with her dad because she's bored in Britain. And David Hasselhoff is like, you don't want to hang out with me. You don't know the kind of life I live. And she's like, oh, whatever. And she gets on the boat and she's like, oh, you, you were, you're, 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 you're in the slavery business and this is a real this bad look. This is a slave ship. Yeah. And like, you know, they do do it. Cause I, I haven't seen that many movies where we're actually on slave ships. And that is one of the more horrifying things I remember from like history, which is just like looking at the way that people are laid out. And they do, I think do some justice to that. Cause it's really yeah. gross. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, the, the, uh, the way the transatlantic slave trade was depicted in this movie was, um, actually very accurate, but we'll get into why that's also problematic in a bit. Please continue. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting there. <laughs> there's, there's a rape scene just to really nail home how dehumanizing and awful this is. Uh, which we just like see that through close-ups on the woman and Shaka just looking at her because again like you know he's chained everyone's powerless and then also cutting to Karen Allen uh, the white woman on the ship a bunch uh there's like some a little bit of mutiny and a fire breaks out on the ship um the uh slaves all escape Shaka Zulu uh and everyone swims to shore he breaks all their chains, uh, also has Karen Allen with him, David Hasselhoff, and the other people go somewhere else. Um, everyone just runs away, and so it's just Shaka After and... triumphantly throwing their chains into the ocean. Right. Uh, and then Karen Allen right, and Shaka right. just walk through Africa for a while, just hanging out, you know. Um, I don't think Shaka's still speaking at this point, even though he speaks English. Um, I, I think he speaks English. Also, everyone mostly speaks English in this movie, and it's a little hard to tell if they're supposed to be speaking English or not. Huge note about that part, <laughs> but please continue. Uh, yeah. He eventually walks his way back to his people, I think, with Karen Allen, um, who we find out, uh, well, she mentions that her dad is one of his, the British people that he's been hanging out with. Um, then, because he's now seen, like, that, what, that side of slavery looks like he had previously allowed a British colony to set up in the Zulu nation. And he walks his people over to, to murder them all is what it seems like. And then they kind of just like hang out, discuss religion for a while. Uh, they also have kidnapped his daughter at some point in this movie, which I was confused about again. So the British people have his daughter. He has one of the British people's daughters. They go to exchange them. A uh, fight breaks out. Everyone who's not named but is British dies. Uh, that that part's funny because <laughs> it's literally only the dude that has a speaking part is because the man standing left. Yeah, yeah it's shoulders. red shirt, red coats. It's kind of phenomenal. Yeah, it's wild. And then, like, they all hold up in the church on Christmas Day because they talk a lot about Jesus for a while here. Um, I want to look up. Uh, Shaka Zulu has... Like, the one line that they like to repeat a lot, I'm, I'm going to badly paraphrase it unless someone has it ready. Go go for it. This part's important. I want to hear your version. <laughs> uh, I, you know, you, 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 I can tell, Shaka's saying to his British co cohort, like, all right, your kids are here. I can tell that you want your kids to grow up here on Africa uh, because we both love this land. But I want to make sure that you understand my progeny's needs and their love for the land. And if, you know, for now that holds... And that's great. But in the future, what if they don't understand my needs or like my progeny's needs? And where what will that become? Will there be room for both of our children on this land? Which is really beautiful the first time it's said. But I'm and then the ending is Shaka doesn't kill the British people. He just lets them be and they just kind of want they just leave. And then the British dad also leaves the Portuguese slaver who is David Hasselhoff who boned Karen Allen with, like, no lead-up to it at all. Well, that episode the was cut. <laughs> they get married, right, and he gets let off because, as a British citizen, you're not supposed to engage in slave trade. It's punishable by death, but he gets no punishments. Instead, he gets married uh, to Karen Allen, who's, like, one of the most beautiful people on the planet. I had such a crush on her growing up. Uh, but that aside, to say that this quote, again, is said, <laughs> and it just, like... 
it feels like there was a point when this movie might have been about that. And by the time it's said at the ending, uh, it seems like it's lost all meaning almost to me. And then the movie's yeah. over. <laughs> so, so, okay, right. So, okay. Hilton, I, explain I, to us why this true story is the greatest story ever told. Okay. So, so, so okay. Gavin, I love your rundown of it. Um, I'm going to try to fill in some of the gaps. <laughs> please, please. I was so, so confused. Um, so um, really quick, before we get away from it, but that quote, it's really, really important that I think that there's something that they say in that quote is who is going to be considered African, you know, my mm-hmm. descendants or yours. And yeah. we look at South Africa and many parts of Africa today where, you know, European colonialism has taken such a hold that you have entirely you know white communities you have a mixed population and you have the african population which even to this day in contrast some of them are not doing as well as some as the of the white settlers that have moved in and the descendants of those folks so um and that's something like you know this is this is hundreds of years later now you know and and so it's just really interesting that quote i feel like you know that is where at least like they are trying to pitch to get this movie off the ground. They probably said that quote right. a thousand times. <laughs> and again, the first time it's said, it's really powerful. Like it is a really right. strong quote. It's just right. when they come back to it, it feels like, like the movie hasn't made any, it's like detracted from their point when they right. said it the and, first and time. It's, it's really interesting how they do that. Okay. I want to come back to that, but we should start at the beginning and kind of work our way back to how that comes around. Right. Okay. So, in the beginning, I love how you like jumped right into it, but it's really important to recognize that this takes place in 1827, okay? So the real rule of Shaka Zulu, the real ruler, was he was alive from uh, July uh, 1787 until September 22nd-ish, 1828. So this movie takes place in like the second to last year of his rule, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not sure where the miniseries ends, but it's interesting because it takes place in an area where it's like, okay, there's some room for some, 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 there's room for us to create a story that may have possibly happened here, right? May have possibly. I say that very, very gingerly because we won't, we gonna get into it, right? So, the things that I thought were really interesting about this movie is in the beginning he's fighting against this other uh, region, the the Masani. And they, their leader is this guy in Goro. And in reality, that is in uh, very, it's very reminiscent of this other leader that he actually did have to fight named Zuide of this other tribe that was a really big figure in the real Shaka Zulu's life that he basically had a ton of battles with. And that dude always got away. And it's so funny just because I was looking at he was this. He's a zipline like, aficionado. Yes, this is like probably how Shaka, like that, that Shaka standing at the, the window was probably exactly how he felt many times in reality, watching that particular enemy always get away in, in, at the end of a battle. And it was actually another uh, uh, a chieftainess, a, a female ruler that ended up killing that particular enemy in real life. Anyway, so he has issues with this guy in Goro throughout the movie. And Ngoro then goes to these Portuguese and tells them that, you know, we can't kill Shaka. He's too hard to kill. <laughs> but you can enslave him. You know, why don't you guys catch him and then try to get him out of the country? And, you know, you got to get him out quick because if anybody finds out that you did this, then, they, you know, they're going to, the whole nation of the Zulu, the whole Zulu nation will descend upon you. Basically, so, so- you know. Real Why quick, did, did, you, did, what? Did, did he already, ha- I thought they already had Chaka at that point, because that's the only way that makes sense to me. No, so, so <laughs> like, there's this battle, the guy gets away, they show where he went, he's on the beach talking to these Portuguese guys, and then it shows Chaka at, you know, where he was chilling, right, this is literally right after that big quote happens. So he's chilling, he's talking to this guy, Farewell, who is the leader of the British people that was trying they were trying to help him in that first battle right. of the movie and then right after that quote is said Shaka is sleeping and his daughter's nearby and it's crazy because they do this this cross shooting between him and his daughter and what's happening to him and his queen who is experiencing this exact same event but in a dream state 
Um, and I thought that that was a really uh, powerful scene because she goes through like every time that Shaka gets hit, she like feels it and she's like sleepwalking and, you know, all the people around, all her maidens are trying to get her under control. But anyway, right. Shaka, yeah, yeah. Shaka gets apprehended by the Portuguese, right? The Portuguese slave traders. And he then gets sent, uh, you know, off towards the coast. Conveniently, um, you know, David Hasselhoff's character shows up. Uh, this uh, this guy Prentice, and he's carrying also uh, Catherine Farewell, who is the daughter of Captain Farewell, and and it is upon this ship that they sell Shaka into slavery. Now this part's really important because this never happened ever in history. Is there right. any mention of the Shaka Zulu, the king of uh, of a quarter million people and fifty thousand troops? ever being anywhere near close to being apprehended and not only was he never really apprehended but they there was a lot of situations where the europeans you know had to ask him for permission to set up certain settlements one one of the main ones being the uh the port of the of natal which is today uh modern day Shout out to Durban. so it's one of those things to recognize how powerful you know, the real Shaka was, this is a part of the story that would never actually have happened to this leader. But in this part of the story, which is like, you know, the middle arc of the story. It's most of the movie. It's most of the movie on this on this slave ship, right? And he's on this slave ship where he experiences the um, terrors of slavery. He sees one of the African women being uh, uh, raped, raped by yeah. the... European uh, uh, crew member. And then there's also, like you said, there's this small mutiny. But it's crazy because, you know, early on, all of them kind of know who he is. But, you know, he doesn't speak and he doesn't reveal who he is in any form or fashion to, to, uh, to anybody that's on the ship. He does a really good job of not stating who he is to all these people. But he has this triumphant moment where he literally, without any without any motivation or somebody helping him breaks out of his, of his chains, just breaks out of them and frees the whole slave ship. And, um, and it's, it, this is something I think is really important that when we define these people that we don't define them as slaves, but these were enslaved Africans. A lot of these people were historians and leaders and farmers, agricultural experts. A lot of these people, these Africans that were on this ship, you know, they were, they were much more than slaves before they were taken into slavery. And, and he leads these Africans out of the pits of this uh, slave ship, you know, onto the, the, the dock of the boat and kind of takes over, the, you know, the, the boat itself, which is a really powerful shot, that part. Because I think the, the lady that's playing Captain Farewell, right. she kind of like goes to, the, to the, the, the bowels of the ship and it's like, you know, there's fire down there and out of this fire... When she gets ready to go down there, Shaka emerges. <laughs> and, and, and I think this is a really, really powerful shot of him as the triumphant heroic character. But I think it's also, it's really crazy when you look at that part. It's like, you know, like I said, this, this, this thing never happened in any case. Um, yeah, so, you know, getting, he, he frees all of, of the Africans that are on the ship. He gets them back to, to um, shore. They go upon their business and he begins to walk through the um, territories of the zoo with Miss Farewell. And um, there's this crazy part where while she is sleeping, he like goes and runs to that <laughs> other, he runs in the middle of the, of the night through the day to Ngoro's uh, palace where he had already had a huge army battle in the beginning of the movie and just goes there and assassinates him all by himself <laughs> and, and, uh, and cuts off his head. Um, and I think that that part is really crazy just because it's like, yo, man, what was the point of that entire opening of the movie if you were just going to later show him just, like, totally Metal Gear Solid kill this guy? Like, <laughs> and it's also like he's just running back. Like, there's, like, all of a sudden they've got blankets, even though they've just been walking. And I still don't understand why right. everyone else just leaves. Right. Like, I'm assuming they have homes to go back to. And, like, but how do they know where they are? And how do they... Like, why aren't they hanging out together? Why is everyone leaving Shaka? It's right. If they captured Shaka, wouldn't they have captured other people from his community? Like, right, exactly. And, and that's <laughs> that part didn't make any sense. Like, they literally came in and just took him. They didn't even kill him. Like, they could have killed him. They just, but they yeah. took him into it's, slavery. I, 
it was very, very like particular that this enemy said, "We, I want you to enslave Shaka. And I don't know what part in the writing where that felt like that was really necessary, but that was like a big driving force for his motivation and his attitude for the third act of the movie. Yeah, it's right. a it's a bizarre choice to choose that as a story to tell. I feel like it might have worked better in like a full miniseries where there's like an episode or two and it's like not half the movie. It's still not a great decision, but I wonder if if on the script it was it was better than it was in the movie. And and just to bring back to that conversation of taking uh, a liberal swing at writing a real person. This isn't painted as something that's more obvious, I guess, to like your point, Hilton, where it's like, you know, I I didn't know a lot about Shock going into this movie. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily known that he was never enslaved. It did ring really weird to me, um, but I wasn't sure if that was just kind of not the best writing. And I did look it up afterwards because I'm like, this is fucking weird. And this is a when I when I say like taking a liberal like making choices with storytelling, enslaving a main character who's a real person is like a big decision. And it, it is a hero to a lot of people. It doesn't feel like they are like, it doesn't feel earned to me at least. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like that's the biggest slap in the face about this movie. And when you see a lot of the reviews of this movie, the few that there are, um, they're, they're not positive. There's a lot of people that rip this movie apart just because of, of how, those racial overtones are just thrown in there in this person's life who was in reality that never happened he was he was so great he never came close to being apprehended by any of his enemies you know it was just like so the fact that they not only showed how how simple and easy that was but they also take him all the way into slavery like behind enemy lines was I thought was 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 even more than a great exaggeration. You know that's a liberty that I think is is a is a huge overstep in yeah, in agreed. in the uh, you know by Joshua Sinclair the writer. But you know it's funny because it like I said it drives it that is although it gets really muddled that becomes a driving force for his attitude towards you know, the British and the Dutch that are in the movie. I think it's really crazy just to recognize there's like this scene um, that's in Cape Town. Shout out to Cape Town. Shout out, right? Okay, so but, but, but it's it's with all the British and the Dutch and the, and the leaders and they're at this game. I forget what this game is played. It's like golf, but they're playing this game. And, oh, croquet? Yeah, croquet. Yeah, right. So so uh, uh, they're playing croquet and Captain Farewell is this British admiral who says, okay, we're going to rally all of the British and Dutch troops at this town of Kingston, which is, which is this, you know, this settlement that's on the coast. And we're going to rally them there to fight against Shaka's show. And he says this quote, history may very well show that we were wrong in our invasion of, uh, of, the, of the continent. Yeah. Um, he says something like that. Not exactly, but something like that. But then yeah. he says, but then he says, but we, but we got to make sure that we, uh, that we should let that they that they know that we went out with a fight. It's like whenever I see see this movie, I'm like, yo, like that's the writer having to defend like the prowess of the European entity being, you know, uh, an oppressor coming into the country and enslaving people, and and kind of backing that up with some like, we gotta show that we had the that we tried. You know, and, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I also want to nail home that this is said during a game of croquet. And, like, right. ev- all all of this, uh, you know, because they're getting ready to fight, like, an army that shakes the ground when it walks is the way that they describe it. Like, how will we know when he's here? It's like, you'll hear them, like, a day away because there's just so many people that the ground shakes when they walk. But it is said so casually <laughs> and with... So little, like, you know, there's no, we don't, we're not going to talk about like a, a, a B plan, you know, it's just what we're going to do and it'll be fine or it won't. It's, you know, it's chill. It's too um, casual. If nothing else, right, it needed to be right. like held up as like a line from 300. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's a really important note too, because just to put in real historical um, perspective, you know, Shaka Zulu at the height of his power had, had, you know, like I said, he was in control of. Uh, 250,000 uh, people 
and uh, of those people, he had 50,000 warriors in different parts of his kingdom that were also known to be these phenomenal runners that could run for many, many miles. They've been quoted and exaggerated at being able to run 50 miles a day. That's the exaggeration, but in reality, it's more like, you know, 15 miles a day. In any case, these brothers used to be able to move and they were really good at fighting. Um, not only that, you know, the real Shaka Zulu was a, a military genius and he founded a lot of military tactics that warfare today. Um, but that, there's a scene in the movie very after this part in Cape Town where, where you see those British and Dutch troops, which is something really important. I don't know if that ever happened in history where they like the British and the Dutch made a stand against Shaka. Like this is a thing that they're saying they're showing. And I don't know if that's ever happened against Shaka Zulu, but there's definitely a lot of times where that's happened against like the, the like the Soto people and other things. They're busy fighting their own wars in South Africa. And every now that they have to like band together <laughs> against a bigger force. I don't know. South African history is bizarre. Right, right. So, I mean, but in any case, in this movie, they depict one of these, you know, alliances so that they can meet with Shaka and do this exchange with the princess for the daughter of Captain Farewell, right? Um, which is a really interesting moment because Captain Farewell, who is a friend of Shaka in the beginning of the movie, is now on the opposite side of the battlefield. And um, it's kind of crazy because the girl tries to run. One of these you know, European uh, soldier shoots and, and he clips her arm and she falls and then she continues the run. She gets to safety after Captain Farewell says, don't shoot to all his army. And then as soon as Shaka gets this girl, Shaka's armies just unleash hell on these British soldiers, which is this crazy funny scene where it leaves only Captain Farewell alive. And for whatever reason, they also didn't kill David Hasselhoff. They just made a point to not kill him either. Right. The person who, like, if Shaka wanted to attach a face to slavery in this movie, it's going to be David Hasselhoff. Like, he is the face of slavery in this movie. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus Christ. My biggest it, problem with this movie is that Hasselhoff just kind of like has a happy ending. <laughs> I, I think that there's no way that Hasselhoff's agent would let him do a movie where he does not come out <laughs> in some way triumphant. So like, that's why and, 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 and of all the things, the guy who represents slavery, this movie drives home at the end that that guy should be forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Like he, that's, he also gets true love a and marriage and uh, a pardon from the king of uh, of Britain or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. There's like a heroic <laughs> moment on the boat where he's like positioned as a good guy because he chooses to lash one of his uh, crew members who raped a slave, and that's right. Like, oh, exactly. good. But he's doling out punishment, so he's the good guy. Right. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that part. That is a moment too. Where, because that's a moment where they're showing like whipping, uh, full bore, and like it's, um, I'm assuming a Portuguese crew member being whipped, but like most of that is reaction shots because they do it in front right. of the entire so, boat. Like they're just up on the deck watching, and they just like you see it in their eyes. Like that's that's our window into that scene. I want to note that there's a part in the movie when David Hasselhoff changes his British flag to a Portuguese one, so they're not. Portuguese slavers, but they were flying under the Portuguese flag to be oh. able to do deals with. They make a, they make a point about this, and they kind of show that where they're making a deal with the Portuguese slave traders that were on land to pick those slaves. So the people they got the slaves from were Portuguese, but the folks that that, that like they switched the flags. There's this really interesting moment where they switch the flags around when they're right. on the boat, and, and in any case. There, it's still a really incredible moment because it's that moment when 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 Hasselhoff authorizes that when uh, uh it's kind of crazy because they're trying to show that you know he's although he's a slave trader he's a captain on a slave ship you know that there's certain atrocities that he's like I don't stand for that and which is you know does another way of of, of humanizing his character and trying to paint him as some you know, like somebody worth forgiveness in the end of this movie, you know? And, and, and I think that that was really crafty because like I said, it, it, it therefore it like attaches him to slavery and, and gives some agency to, Oh, this is okay. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's just, a, yeah, it's a big slap in the face for me that that yeah. his whole entire <laughs> character, because, and this is the re the reasoning behind this is because Shaka Zulu was so intense with doing away with a lot of people that there's a, um, a notion that, you know, in many cases he made his warriors, you know, be without sandals um, to, it, to toughen their feet. And some of those, this is a, maybe an exaggeration in the quotes about him, but one of those quotes is that he would kill you. You, you either do it or he kill you and you're not going to be in the army. He also, um, this is actually a pretty real thing. When, when his mother died, when the real Shaka Zulu's mother died, he created a lot of new laws to mourn her death in which a lot of pregnant mothers and their husbands were killed in a, in a lot of uh, cows were sacrificed. A lot of things were done to make sure that the people, all of the people were able to mourn the loss of a mother in which resulted in about, you know, 7,000 deaths uh, in, amongst his kingdom. Um, yeah. And, and I read amongst... that on Wikipedia and like he said, it mentioned that he like halted growing food. Like he halted crop growing for like an entire, like for a, a season uh, to mourn his mom. It's just like when you're in front, like in charge of that many, you know, lives, that shit's wild. It's yeah, terrifying. And, <laughs> terrifying. I don't and, and like not that. A, right. It, it, here's the thing is like, and in, in, in throughout his expansion of the Zulu nation, he uh, also, I believe was like, you know, it's, it's, it's recorded that he killed or that uh, according, according to what they say, that about a million people were killed while he was expanding his empire. So those that did not join the Zulu Empire were often done away with. And um, there is this account, though, of him having this relationship with this man, Henry Francis Finn. And in the story, Henry Francis Finn in the movie is this doctor guy um, who, like, he, he kind of cracks me up because I feel like he's the, uh, uh, the comic relief in the movie. Um, and, I recall him. Yeah. Right. And, and in reality, this man was not even a doctor, but he did uh, apparently tend to the real King Shaka Zulu's wounds after a particular fight. That's what it's rumored to be anyway in history. Um, but it was because of that interaction with this man uh, that he actually was uh, letting some European settlers near a uh, port of uh, Natal actually settle there. It was only because of that interaction that that was allowed, and um, he and there is some small um, uh, agency to him fighting with some European raiders against some of his enemies to the northern territories of the Zulu. So there's like some parts of this movie that are like loosely based on fact, but uh, but what I mean to say is that he killed a lot of people for next to nothing. So the fact that he let this guy that like literally put him in chains on a slave ship survive because she's in love with this captain farewell's daughter or whatever is a big stretch i feel like the real shaka zulu if this had ever happened would have laid waste to that entire town in his anger yeah i was i was the motivations in this movie are all over the place and uh, it's still just like and i know it's partially because it was I'm assuming cut down from quite a lot of time to an hour and a half or whatever. But this was one of the most confusing movies I've ever seen just because it jumps around so much and the motivations are so weird. The choices that I'm sure would have had like lead up, like the love, the, the, the um, romantic tension between um, Farewell's daughter and uh, David Hasselhoff just comes out of nowhere and is a dry, and is a big part of the movie because it's like this is something I had a really big issue with, and I always have issues when you have a movie, and the title of the movie is literally the name of this African historical figure, right? Okay, in this case, it, it is Shaka Zulu. Yeah, the and even last the poster, great leader, has you know? just uh, Henry Sale, and I think Grace Jones is also on like the poster when you look it up or anything. It doesn't have right. what I assume is the next thing you're going to say all these white people in it. Right. So the marketing of the movie, you know, in, in how it is presented now, especially on Amazon and whatnot, and like in on the the the, the uh, poster, is that this is an ab a movie about this African king and, and like, you know, this is his the story of his life. In reality, it's a fabricated story about a very particular situation. Uh, and in that story, it gives a lot of agency 
to these European entities. And that that agency is in not at all, you know, positive or it should or in, in any case should be well received. Um, just as we just discussed how they, they deal with the slave trader himself. So here's here's the thing about this is like, you know, every movies of this time, you know, and, and still many movies to this day, you know, the the, the plot, the storyline, if it's about something that is considered ethnic or other or, um, you know, or tribal, there is a need to have uh, an American or European you know, character that is our window into this right. world. And it, it was crazy because I remember being in college and when Avatar came out, right? And I saw Avatar and I and I just could not get over how, how much Avatar reminded me of Dances with Wolves. And and then... And Fern uh, Gully. Right, and Fern Gully. And also, it's funny, where's that other movie, The Air Up There with Kevin Bacon? <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that movie, but it's just like... It's this I believe that Yo. was another option for this podcast. <laughs> yes, we should totally do the air up there. Oh my god, that would be great. Um, but yo, it, it, you know, in this sense that you need to have you absolutely for for American audiences to find some agency with this, we have to have white characters in it and show how white people were involved. It, it's it's a that's a misconception that I think that has been happening for years in cinema, where you know we feel like the because it is a you know a very vastly white controlled industry that they feel like that needs to be it or it's not worth marketing in the first place and so you know when you see how this movie is presented when you go look at the credits like Hasselhoff's at the top like the 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 main character of the movie is not even at the top of the freaking credits he's like third you know what i'm saying and it's just like you, you it's 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 just really kind of insane how the attitude at the time that this was made was such that this African king, who was one of the greatest leaders in African history, still needs you know some white counterparts to be able to to be relevant. That that I was um, I was really excited about the Miles Davis movie that was coming out, and apparently they give him that treatment in Miles Ahead, which I was really bummed to hear about. It just got panned, and it looked so good until the reviews came out. Uh. Um, cause that was not played up in the trailer. Do you know much about the writer Sinclair? I, I know nothing about them. I, I only know as much as I know about Sinclair is that he wrote the novel that the original miniseries was based on. And he also wrote this bullshit. Do you know if he's, if he's British <laughs> or American or African? Um, I do not. I do not. I wouldn't be surprised if he is South African considering the original was a South African miniseries, but that's he's an American conjecture. writer. He's an American writer, uh, producer, actor, and director who was born in U- in New York City, apparently. Uh, yeah, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not that that would be, well, honestly, it'd be at least a little bit better. <laughs> but there are two stars in this movie that we haven't really talked about. Right. Uh, remind me really quick. Did we, did we figure out when this movie actually, when this, whatever it is, actually filmed? Like how long after I, the original series? I don't. It does. You know. So, so I was gonna say we're actually probably making history right now by being <laughs> some of the first people to actually discuss this movie in detail because there's very, very little um, to find when you're looking up people who, uh, as far as when you're looking up reviews or any discussion about this movie. And I think that that is because it, there's very, very little um, to find when you're looking up people who, uh, as far as when you're looking up reviews or any discussion about this movie. And I think that that is because it was released so far after the original miniseries, but it was originally made, it was shot and filmed right after that miniseries. Cause you can see that the main character, uh, the, the actor, um, Henry, same age he was when the original miniseries aired. And Grace Jones looks like she's the age I know her from in, like, a lot of 80s movies. And right. also, like, you know, if this was made four years after that, like, David Hasselhoff, he might be in it, but he wouldn't have the pool to have a happy ending. <laughs> right. That's what keeps drawing to me is, like, at what point is David Hasselhoff a bigger star than, I mean, Grace Jones, but also Omar Sharif is in this movie for a scene. Right. Um, I don't know how known he is among 
like white Americans, but in my mind, he's kind of the biggest Middle Eastern actor for 20th century cinema, most of which really just comes from Lawrence of Arabia. Right. Um, totally. But he's still too big a star to cut his one scene from this movie <laughs> because that also did not need to be in this movie. Nope. Does not serve as much. Yeah. Now, no, now yeah, one was, episode of a miniseries like with Omar bump. Sharif might have worked. He was a big part of the star power. Like, this this movie has some star power. And I think that that's really important to recognize. And I think that's the only reason why the whole project wasn't scrapped. Was because they shot this thing. And, you know, you realize after shooting it and watching it, like, damn, this is probably not a good idea to show to anybody. But, like, yo, it's got some star power. Like, some people might watch it. Matter of fact, some people might believe this shit. Let's, let's, you know what, let's, we've been arguing about this for, you know, over 10 years. Let's finally release this and see what happens. And I think that that is the case with this movie. Because when you go on to Rotten Tomatoes, there's zero criticism of this movie and there's no ranking. What? The, yes. And, and, and when you look. Oh, like literally nothing written? There's literally nothing written. Just got about oh, I thought movie. you meant like universal acclaim when you said no criticism. <laughs> I mean, but no, but there's nothing. There's no crit. Like none of the critics have done anything for this particular title. There's literally mm-hmm. just the title and the page exists, but there's nobody who's done a Rotten Tomatoes review of this movie. I think that early on in the production of this film and when they were finishing it out, they realized that this is not a great idea. And this is also not a great idea <laughs> following the the huge critical acclaim that came with the original miniseries um and so but but it still it exists as you know uh, uh as something that they felt absolutely felt needed to be done and not only that that they absolutely felt needed to be distributed to the point where when i was growing up you know after the like you know being born in 88 growing up in the 90s this was the shaka zulu that i was presented with and i was you know thought that this was what everybody else you know it's just really interesting to look at that and 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 to look at how they not only featured a lot of different stereotypes but like hyped them it's really laughable in some in some parts not just in the historical accuracy but it's laughable in like how it's made how it's cut like if you're gonna you know do a if you're gonna do a project like this you know, at least take the time to properly show somebody getting killed or assassinated or whatever. Well, you know, there's some really yeah. funny yeah. things. The it's lack weird of like they have... violence. Go ahead. I was just gonna say to tell this story without any like with still made for TV violence for the most parts, or like even its depiction of the of the rape scene, which I guess was more tasteful than I expected it to be. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's still very neutered. It's yeah. it's also just like this movie has money clearly like they have a shit ton of like big names in it they have a shit ton of just like human bodies to throw it like the the battle scenes are are big I don't think they're particularly interesting looking uh or narratively driven well, but like there's a lot three. of there's a lot of people that's not like that's not the biggest problem it's just not a good looking movie I would just like that problem solved so I could acknowledge it from other angles <laughs> the biggest issue I have with this movie is that the depiction of Shaka's empire, the, the fact that you can show that, oh, he ran back to his empire, you know, for many, you know, or traveled <laughs> yeah. back with this lady over a couple of days who ain't running. Um, you know, it's one of those things that's really incredible that how that was depicted, how he ran over and got this other guy's at the, you know, midway through the movie, he goes and kills this guy who he needed a whole army for in the beginning. He needed the British help you know, with to defeat in the beginning, but he can just literally go and assassinate him all by himself at one point. Silly. It's, it's very silly. But then also one of the most laughable things to me is the depiction of his army. Now, mind you, these, these scenes for an 80s TV series, you know, they do a pretty, a fairly good job of showing like, okay, this dude is somebody. He has a pretty big army. But when, when I tell you that they say that this man had amassed 50,000 soldiers when he goes somewhere, you know, they show that part where you like hear, they have this one scene where you do hear the thundering and then you see this big line of African warriors on the on the top of the mountain uh, 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 on the, the ridge line. And, um, and that's a really incredible scene just to show how vast his army was. But even that is very, very, there's only a fraction, a very tiny fraction of what the real Shaka Zulu represented as a, will, a military genius and what they rep- what they called the Genghis Khan of Africa or the the Black Napoleon. They did their best in trying to depict him 
as a powerful African warrior. And I would still say that in this version, this, 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 uh, you know, this movie, as well as in the original miniseries, um, what's really incredible is that this is still one of the only pieces of cinema that depicts an African king in Africa. Next thing that I can think about that does that is Black Panther. <laughs> and, and, and it sucks that those are the only ones that exist. Okay, that's a problem. I want to jump in really fast and say I would totally watch a movie called Black Napoleon. Like, whatever it's about. I, mean, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. it. Come on. Dude who plays Shaka Zulu actually does a good job. Uh, that was one thing I was impressed by is his performance. Like, he carries a lot of gravitas even when he's not speaking for so much of the movie. Like, his physicality and just, like, his facial structure uh, really, like, sells a lot of emotion. So, whereas, like, David Hasselhoff is doing all the acting with his hair. He's not, yeah, his hair is carrying his performance. Karen Allen's not really given anything to do. Um, yeah, she's a, she's where, a they like, where she tells him that she loves him and he's like, no, I'm a bad man. And then dramatically like grabs her from across the room is like some of the worst acting I've seen in my entire That's, life. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I will say that she's the like ultimate damsel in distress in this movie. And that was kind of like really funny because it goes back to that. Okay. The damsel in distress was never the queen. The damsel in distress was never the African princess that the British had. It was this freaking Captain Farewell's daughter. And she goes through many different people's situation where she's, you know, with the captain and then she's with Shaka and then she gets back with the captain. And like, but there's never like a powerful female, uh, uh, there's never a powerful female um, force for Shaka that's like his love interest. His love interest is almost this lady that he's dealing with. And it's well, kind of crazy because Grace Jones plays his queen and, and she, she's not given a crazy, but like she's not she, given the age. She gets she to should. say, I told you so though. I feel right. like Grace right. Jones, that's Grace Jones job in this movie is to say, I told you though, I told you so. And then for her to be literally a dead body that he talks to for a while. And he's like, no, you, you're right. You told right. me I should have listened. Made right. Mistake. And, so, so about that, about when he talks to Grace Jones, when he talks to anybody else in the tribe, he speaks in the native language. Um, when he speaks to Grace Jones, they speak in English. And one of the first conversations that they have is that she's angry that he's speaking English, which I thought was such a funny moment. Uh, because it's just like, well, you're talking in English right now. <laughs> like, so how are you, how do you, so it's, but it's one of those right. things where I bet it was because of the fact of their star power of Grace yeah. Jones's star power. I feel like that had a big part to play in the fact that she never speaks the native language in the movie. And I thought that that was problematic for me. Yeah. It's a thing that like white audiences are pretty used to. From my perspective, I'm just happy they weren't making like the Zulu tribes click because Zulu is not a clicking language, and I almost expected going in that, like, the local language was going to click. Like, they bordered the Kosa people. I tried. Right. Um, which is the language that's used in Black Panther, even though it's South African. Actually, the area, like, just south of the Zulu Empire. But I, I just really anticipated hearing clicking. Right, which I'm glad they didn't. And here's the thing is that, like, one thing I researched is that there were a lot of political ramifications for getting the original miniseries made where a lot of representatives from the, uh, the, the uh, uh, royal class of the Zulu tribe had to give input before the original miniseries was ever made. So I feel like, because like, like I said, there's so much shadow, shady stuff in the history of this movie. Um, I feel like that there was a, that played a big part in even getting this release. I feel like some of the depictions of Shaka may have, especially on the slave ship, may have played a huge part in this movie being held from exhibition for a long time. Um, and uh, I can totally imagine there being some legal issues with the Zulu nation over that uh, particular scene, as well as all of the other things that are inaccurate in this movie. All right, Hilton, I can tell we all have a, a lot left to say, but uh, I don't want to make the episode two and a half hours long, so I vote we cut it into two parts and uh, cut it short here. We'll come back Saturday with uh, some more talk about the transatlantic slave trade, 
uh, probably some African cinema history in addition to our judgment and pitches. Hilton, you want to you wanna shout out your mom's company again? Yeah, um, I just want to, um, just to let everybody know where to go. Uh, her website is Ashe, that's A-S-H-A-Y, AsheByTheBay.com. And, uh, and once again, she is the largest online source of black children's books, but also multicultural children's books. She has books for everybody there, including adults. She has an adult section. Please check it out and um, keep yourself informed on uh, black events, black culture, and black history. Hell yeah. And you can find uh, you can find us at Still Good Pod. DMing us on Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of us if you have notes about this, ideas for anything in the future, etc. Uh, we have a website now, stillgoodpod.com. It's currently just our our backlog of, of episodes where you can find this and many other things. Uh, consider writing us a review. Uh, but either way, we will we will see you next time and Hilton will see you in a couple minutes. Thank you so much. Lovely talking to you as always. Absolutely.